the main fact that after having this, the acceptance of leadership, you, we still need to go to the leadership of the countries itself, the leadership of the business units itself. So it's not only the higher leadership, but all the different types of leaders have to get the buy-in from them. And what we decided was what start working with the countries that were already open for it, that were already waiting for the process, or the ones who were very easy to adapt from their current process. So we started what we usually actually use, can quote my manager when he says the coalition of the willing, and really actually taking who are the parts, the departments and the managers who are willing to work with us and start already implementing that. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Counter Experience Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Kerry T. Self. Say hello, Kerry. Hello, everybody. And today we have a fantastic guest. He is uh, Renan Cardozo. He's the Senior Customer Experience Marketing Analyst for EMEA at the Eaton Corporation. Full disclosure, they are one of our fantastic customers. We're super excited to have you here, Renan. Uh, how are you doing today? Doing very great. So thank you very much. And hello, everyone. So um, I'm just so excited about this. Carrie and I were talking about this all week. Um, there's a great story to be told here, and we're going to dive on in. So, so Renan, tell us a little bit about Eaton as an organization and how the experience program differs from most companies. Well, uh, Eaton is quite a large corporation. For those who doesn't know, Eaton is a corporation that's a world all around the world. And basically we split ourselves between the different regions, but also between product groups because we have a wide variety of products going from aerospace to electrical products, hydraulic products, vehicles, and everything else. Uh, I work mostly for the electrical parts, by the way. And due to the complexity of the company, how large it is, it's quite special also for us to really be able to understand the satisfaction of the customers and know how satisfied they are with us and where we can actually improve. And in this, there's also one additional level of complexity by the fact that we are a B2B company, almost 99% B2B company. But uh, the work that we do is not just in a very simple route to the market, but we also have several layers. So we work sometimes with wholesalers, resellers, sometimes the resellers still sell to a, a machine builder who also sends the product to still another part who actually in the end will come to the, to the end user. So this creates a quite complexity in terms of the customer experience because we need to ensure that every part of the, uh, the value chain is satisfied and they all have different needs and different issues, different problems. So at the same time that we need to understand from our direct customers, the ones who are purchasing from us about how satisfied they are with the process, but we also need to understand in the middle of the road if they are being able to reach out to our products and to reach out to the marketing material that they will need to further sell down the product until it reach out to the end customer. So it's a quite complex situation with several levels. And this brings also the fact that we have different products, also many industries where we also have to tap the right way and their different strategies. So quite complex situation, quite exciting, and actually makes quite fun the work. So quite happy about it. Every time I hear Renan talk about this, my brain starts to work on overdrive, <laughs> picturing the, ch I keep calling it a chain, but these different journeys and these different levels 
And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, what, what Eaton's really trying to do here is capture that sentiment, no matter what journey or channel, to see if the end user and the people in between are happy with the product you're putting out. Is that a nice way to summarize that? Yes, that's exactly perfect. So it's really like there are the different people who are actually working through the channel, but also the, the end users will actually benefit about the product itself. But uh, uh, being satisfied with the end users or actually having a, a high satisfaction of the end users is not sufficient. We still need to make sure that our distributors and actually our, our uh, resellers that they are also satisfied with the way we're working and that we are providing the right materials, the right, the right support so that they can actually bring the product to the end user. So everyone in the chain is important for us, but everyone has their specialties and their needs and that makes quite complex uh, situation to work with. That was the easy question. Okay, so here, here's the challenge though. So I know I oversimplify things to make it easy for mm -hmm. me to understand, but then, then how do you take this complex company, the complexity of what you do, different products, different type of consumer, customer chains. How did you then translate this into a program that helps you solicit that feedback? What are you doing to touch all those different touch points and to get in touch with them? Well, the main thing that we have done first was to understand the, our different type of customers in terms of personas. So we have defined persona documents and we have created the journeys for each of those personas and really understanding where is the most critical or the most important interaction points that we have then. So we can start defining, okay, where we need to have the focus. That's what, that was what brought us to the transactional surveys. So we start setting up transactional surveys in every important interaction point. Besides this, we start having the feeling, okay, good, that we know how well we are doing customer service or how well we are doing in, uh, in our website. But then in the end, we still need to understand if the customers are satisfied in general or if we are missing the point, because maybe the point that actually the problem is, we are not still, we don't have a transactional survey yet. That brought us to the relational survey where we send out the survey to all customers at Eaton, direct and indirect. And based on the classification that we have about the customers, we will be properly allocating the results or the scores of that customer so that we know what, which approach do we need to take to improve the experience of our wholesalers, what do we need to do in terms of the resellers, so what they need, what the problems are, the problems are that we can actually help them. And in the same way, also special attention for the end users. So really uh, creating the personas and understanding their journey, it's what helps us to really create a dedicated actually uh, um, approach for them. This is why I love B2B. It's so much more complex than I think the B2C side of things, which is very much like a one-to-one, -one, here's your survey, let us know how we did. <laughs> B2B right. is just such a different beast that's so much more exciting to us over here at CG. And just taking a step back, Renan, I think you guys are a global company with divisions in dozens of countries across the, the world. How do you keep that program, all those little touch points you just described, how do you keep that cohesive across all different divisions across your entire footprint? Well, that was actually one of the main benefits that we received from Customer Gauge because by the way that the Customer Gauge tool is built up, it helps us also standardizing the process. So Eaton comes from a history of a quite fragmented company because we have been acquiring different companies here in the EMEA region. And every time the company had already their own process, their own surveys, their own setup and what were the interests. 
And this was actually quite complicated because in the end, we were not able to consolidate all the results together. And even if we tried to consolidate, there was still like a massive amount of data that we need to process before we're going to be able to actually read it. And there's also the, the issue that uh, we are still missing a lot of countries or a lot of regions, which they just don't have the support needed. So with Customer Gauge, we were able to bring everyone into one single program and standardize the surveys in a way that we would have the standard template, which would be applicable in all the different countries and different regions and for the different product units. And this standard survey, it's directly automatically easy to read the results and to transform it into a visualization. And at the same time, it helps us also to ensure that the countries were complying with the, all the most important factors that we have in the company. Another change that we had that was also very interesting was the methodology that we get from Customer Gauge. It was a very good learning for us because we used to have very long surveys which took sometimes like half an hour or even longer for the customer to read it. I feel ashamed even to think about that. But uh, a bunch of such a long survey, you can imagine that the motivation of the customers to participate, it was decreasing a lot. And it was actually sometimes very redundant, the information that we were getting there. And in customer gauge was very simple methodology. You ask the NEPS question, you ask for the driver's comment, and that's it. You just put one additional question about the follow-up and you have already all the information that you need there. And then it's all about us inside Ethan to transform this information into meaningful data that actually we can trans uh, bring to the board table for the strategy. So it was much easier for us afterwards to, to work with this since we had this methodology. And our customers were by far more happy because then in the end, we actually had surveys that takes two to three minutes compared to the more than half an hour. I wanted to reiterate what, what Ian said too. I think Ian's a phenomenal example of B2B and the complexity you might be facing as an organization. It's one thing to have all these different channels and chains and different products. That's what a lot of companies feel. That's a pain. You guys then throw in all the different regions and countries and, and, and you know, getting that together, different languages, different cultures. And you know, just I, I could just imagine the impact and getting people to kind of align with that feedback. So now you're almost speaking a common language using mm. a common tool. I mean, I'd like to hear about that a little bit. I mean, I go culture wise and I, you know, I just, how did, was that received? How did, you know, how did you get that message out to your team? I mean, how, what did that look like that? I mean, I'm sure you didn't just turn it on overnight and it happened, right? Oh, uh, I, I wish, but actually better say I would not wish, otherwise I would not have a job because the, the challenge on the organization is actually what actually keeps me alive here. And it was uh, actually, we had a, a very interesting and basic strategy. So we went first on the leadership level and trying to get sponsorships by explaining them the benefits of the program and how, the, how it would work out and showing that uh, with this new methodology, actually, we would actually also have a more satisfied customers directly. The main fact that after having this, the acceptance of leadership, you, we still need to go to the leadership of the countries itself, the leadership of the business units itself. So it's not only the higher leadership, but all the different types of leaders have to get the buy-in from them. And what we decided was what start working with uh, the countries that were already open for it, that were already waiting for the process, or the ones who were very easy to adapt from their current process. 
So we started what we usually actually use can quote my manager when he says the coalition of the willing and really actually taking who are the parts, departments and the managers who are willing to work with us and start already implementing that. Giving this attention and with the people who want to work the most, they are also more involved in the process and they provide more feedback for further improvement because improvements never stops. I'm still working constantly on improving this, the, the survey programs. But as soon as we have the system already with the improvements that we receive from certain countries, this start being also more digestible and more acceptable for the other countries who are still waiting a little bit longer or who was not there prepared yet or need to get something. So start working with the, the parts of the organization who are open for the change and who wants the change and who can help you developing on a very good solution. This was actually the best methodology because this helped me also whenever I come to the, a country or a, a, a business unit that is not part of the program yet, showing how it works the results that we have already achieved and what we are doing with this, they directly accept to join as well. And that's actually how we implemented. I wish it was a little bit faster only because it took us like about two or three years to get the entire organization. But you can imagine that an organization which have uh, for the entire region of Europe, Middle East and Africa, all the different products and all the different um, uh, industries that we, we offer, that's quite complex to have everyone together at once. So start with those who want to work with you and then step-by-step step you develop the program and you get the rest on board for sure. Yeah, yeah. anyone right now that's Googling Eaton to see their size, to understand that two or three <laughs> years is amazing. And I mean that. I, and you know, we keep talking about getting buy-in and, and, and finding who's bought in. And I just love hearing you t say that story over and over again. You go to the people that are willing and wanting they become your champions and you just continue to move and you carry them along. I love it. Exactly yeah, I think that's a textbook example of a company that understands how to implement change in the organization. Leadership, go right after that. You had something that you mentioned that caught my a coalition of winning. Yes. Is that what you called coalition, it? I love that. Of coalition of winning. Yes. Just find the, those who actually want to work with you and who are already ready for it. Not saying that only, it's only about willingness because there's also preparedness. But those who are ready and wants to work with you, focus on them, work together with them because they, they are the ones also who are going to be the best uh, pilot tests that are going to work with you and going to provide the feedback, what is working properly, what is not working, what you can improve, bring their own ideas. And this coalition of the willing, they are so involved and so uh, energetic that you can actually move much faster on implementation. And as soon as you have already some, uh, your minimum viable product ready, this will be much easier to be sold to the other ones and to explain to them how to participate together. Yeah, again, congratulations. I don't think we say that enough, um, but just what a great example of, of that. Um, Ian, is, I, I think you have a, I know you want to jump into this next question because I think this is really a hot topic for you. You love it. So, yeah, I think we covered buy-in, uh, which coalition of winning, you pick the, the people that have influence in the organization that can help you continue that program. I love that. I think standardization of the survey is an interesting one. So you have multiple different countries and we've talked to other uh, global companies like Bizno and H&R Block. Um, this is something that not specifically them, but most companies struggle with. It's like, how do you... Mm -hmm. 
how do you push and say, you know what, we can standardize this across all countries and it will be yep. fine. How do, you, how do you actually get that across? Uh, that was a very interesting thing that we had because like we had some parts of the organization, especially in, in Europe, uh, we have certain countries that work in a different way or they have different legislation. That's also some very important points that we have to think about when installing the program. And for this reason, we start working with those, as I mentioned before, those who actually are working together with us. And the leadership start, start noticing the blank spots. So the leadership start noticing that, hey, why do you have all those countries from this region, but you're missing those countries? Hey, why you are covering those product lines and you're not covering that product lines? So this will directly start the discussion on the, on the leadership level already to define where is actually the problem where they, they have to focus. So I don't need to hunt anyone in, this, in the end. Basically, I'm just providing my support and doing the work with those who are already working with me. And leadership is taking care of contacting anyone who is still not there yet to understand what they need, which kind of support or resource they need to have so that they can also participate on the program because that's where they are. the information is being uh, processed and actually consumed. So for example, if we have one country and it still exists at the moment in one of our programs, we have one country which is still not part of that program. And every time that I'm presenting the results to leadership, they're asking me, but why this country is not there? And uh, basically I'm not putting anyone in spotlight, it's just a lack of information. So I have to inform you that this country is not there yet because we are not present there yet. Okay, tell me who do you have to talk and what do you need to have this also implemented there? And then you get directly pushed directly from coming from the, from the leadership to work with that country or with that business unit or with the different part of the organization. So it's, it, it always starts move, moving automatically and it comes a point that becomes a kind of an avalanche because it goes growing and growing and moving much faster all the time. But since you have already created your baselines and every, all, the, every, all the base work and fundamentals are ready, then as soon as new countries or a new business unit or a new part of the organization wants to jump in, that's easy because the system is ready. You just need to add them to an existing program. You don't need to reinvent nothing from them. And we never promise to adapt anything for them. It's like, this is how it's, what we have. It's what is working for the organization. And that's what you're gonna get. Do you have suggestions for improvement? Yes, please. So uh, we had a very often that a country was, or a business unit was saying, um, no, we're not doing this yet because we see that you're still missing this. Okay, please tell me, how do you want to have this? And as soon as they inform what they need, this is directly implemented for the entire organization. So directly, we are constant. That's why I mentioned that we are constantly improving the program and constantly improving what we are doing here because every new joiner, it's also coming with a new suggestion, which is not going to be a special thing or customized solution for them, but will directly be implemented and complemented into the entire program so that everyone can enjoy the benefits. That doesn't make sense that only one part of the organization will have a benefit that the other not. Only the only things that we do think a little bit carefully are in terms of legislation. If there is any specific legislation in the country which uh, upholds us to develop the program in a, in a specific way, 
but we still need to have the part of the organization included in the program. Then we're gonna check what can we do in terms of the legislation. We're gonna get close to that country or to that region and try to understand how can we actually um, bring them into the program without having any, any issues on the legal side. There's two things I wanna pull out here, Carrie, real quick, yeah. and I'll let you have at it, I promise. I love that, again, going back to the leadership piece, like that's so underrated because the fact that you can just show your baseline and then the leadership team actually goes out of their way to say, hey, there's a gap here in this country. Why don't we have data there? That does the selling for you. You don't actually have to convince them. They see it, they can identify it. And then you just basically say, yeah, sure, we can get that up and running. I mean, that's genius. It's so, it's, it's elegant, but um, most companies would try to fight that battle and enforce it upon the country. And I think that's a really smart way to go about that. So props on that. And I promise my, my last point is the, um, just in general, like uh, the standardization I think is, is hard. So that's another thing that I think, like you said, that the promise that we want to adapt, which was again, really a great way to put that, but we will accept feedback. I think that's a good lesson for a lot of these companies listening to this podcast is like, you don't have to bend over backwards for every country. They all think that they are doing things differently, but I think ultimately the success of your program is you guys sticking to a playbook and not really veering off course for any country division. That's, that's really hard to do. And that takes a lot of um, fortitude. So I just want to commend you guys on that. And then Carrie, I promise I'm heading over the reins. No, no. <laughs> you called out both the things. I was so excited. I think the standardization to me is the yeah. most impressive. I think so many organizations, and I don't care what you're trying to accomplish, whether it's a CX program, rolling out a new, new initiative, they think compromise is the approach and chasing. And okay, well, well, we'll give up this and this and we'll change this for you. And I love to hear that Eaton story of, no, 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 this is our standard. We're gonna present your data. If there's a gap, we're gonna come to you and say, okay, you can be part of it now. And, but we still wanna hear from you. So it still keeps the voice of the few or the smaller voice part of the program. But with the understanding of, nope, we standardize this. This is what we're doing. So we all benefit from that feedback and it's a change that works for everyone or it's, it's great the way it is and we keep moving on. And I think that's a powerful thing to do. And, you know, I think it's, I don't think it's, I don't think it subtracts from the program. I think it strengthens it, which I, I yeah, I'm with Ian on that completely. I love it. Exactly. If I, if I would compare the program that we have at the moment now. So for example, if I would check my customer service survey, the transactional one, uh, if you compare four years ago when we initiated the first transactional, uh, it's gigantically different. The survey it, it totally changed the, the way that the program is, is made or the, the drivers, we already made some change there. We made a change on the way to process the data. And it was all learnings from the newcomers. So uh, the discussion is not so much for a part of the organization who's not participating yet to start a fight or a discussion to say, hey, nobody wants to do this. No, but I want to have some customized and so on. Just try to learn from them everything that they miss on the program that they would find a benefit. As soon as they bring me those additional suggestions, I just gonna discuss first with leadership, discuss first, first centrally or with any other stakeholder which has a say on that point. 
And if I get all the thumbs up, everybody is agreeing, then we can actually implement the program. But then we implement for everyone and we don't need to make special specific surveys for every part of the organization because then that's where we start losing control. If I would have now one, one survey template for every single country, for every single product unit, that would be massive for me to do the administration centrally. And in the end, actually, what I do is just uh, uh, keep implementing the program and every new suggestion improvement, I add up to the cake. In the end, I just need the cherry on the top. I love it. You've got this dynamic business. You're bringing in new groups. You're, you're, you have a standard. Everyone's got their voice. They're changing the program if, it, if it's a benefit to everyone. Um, so you've got this engine. You've got this ecosystem that's really working well. Let's talk about the outcomes from it then the feedback you guys are getting in. What is Eaton doing with it? Let's let's start there. Because um, you have a couple of phrases you use that I love. I've been using them ever since we talked the first time. Um, but I don't want to give it away yet. I'll let you kind of drop it. But what are you doing with this feedback? What is Eaton doing with it? Nice. So um, the first things that we have like to notice that very often the people who are doing the survey, they were doing the survey just more to comply with a requirement of the organization. They were not having the mindset of doing the survey program to actually support the customer, giving the customer the opportunity to provide their feedback. And I very often they are saying, oh, when are we going to send our survey? No, no. When are we going to give the opportunity for the customer to tell us what they want? So exactly, it's all about the customer. That's where should be the focus. And uh, what we have done, and that was actually one, one of the things that we have done was only possible by customer engagement as well, is uh, to do a faster follow-up with the customer. So basically we have the closed loop system and by the closed loop system, we subdivided at Eaton in two types of loops, the hot loop and the cold loop. So the hot loop is very simply said, it's a problem that the customer has and somebody in the organization can take the problem and can solve it right away or can solve it alone. It, I always compare the hot loop with a hot potato in your hand and it's burning your hand. You want to get rid of that hot potato from your hand as soon as possible. So that's the hot loop, the very simple tasks. And for this, we use the system from customer gauge, the closed loop system, because it's basically, it's a case management directly coupled into the survey that the customers can directly say, hey, I want to be contacted. Hey, I, I still want my case to stay open. And this directly generates in our organization a workflow. We created a network in our organization for one representative in every country, one in every business unit, and one in every function. So that doesn't matter what is the topic or where is the, the request coming from, we can directly assign this to one person in the organization who's going to take the case, contact the customer, and try to solve it. It would be wonderful if all our problems were so easy to get solved and just one employee could always take the solution but that's not the case so besides the hot loop process we also have the cold loop process and the cold loop process if you bring the back to the analogy of the hot potato so it means that the potato will get cold so it means that the problem is so complicated that one person cannot solve it you're going to need a department or you're going to have to involve different functions and several countries will be involved you're going to need resource for that you're going to need the, the the right sponsorship or support of the organization so this all takes some time all those are problems that will take a little bit longer to get solved that's why it's a cold loop but we should never forget to keep looking at this 
because from the code loop is where it comes most of the, the results of the analysis of the survey. When we take a look on all the results and we see where the problems are and we find, okay, we need to focus a little bit more in this area from marketing communications because it seems that's where we have to work. But it's not something that is only the Marcom team have to work with, but they need support from IT, they need support from supply chain, they need support from also from HR. So bringing all those different parts of the organization together, bringing the different countries, because the countries are the ones with direct contact with the customers, it's quite a complex system. So we build up as a um, system in the company where after a period of time, so usually it's a one year for us, after one year, we go all around the different areas from the organization and we request them to review the results in general and come up with up to three actions that they can think of. All those actions, they are built up into one single overview and the overview have the same structure of the drivers that we have in the survey. Meaning if we have like seven level one drivers, we have seven columns and then each country starts placing their issues or actually the actions they're gonna take. Every action must have a person assigned for it. So a person responsible for that and a deadline. Very clear so that we know exactly what is going on. As soon as we have this in a structure, in a very structured way, we can go, for example, to the Marcom department and take a look on all the different actions proposed in the area of marketing communications. And together with the leadership from marketing communications, we can define, is there any action that we can combine forces here or we can make a larger project in the company to tap that, that, that point. So really it's about bringing the visualization of all the actions that they're taking because mainly in a sense at Eaton, the responsibility to solve the issues of the customer are from the countries. But if you're gonna think about the different types of problems that the customer can bring to us, it's not always that the country has the, has the full responsibility or the country has the, the autonomy to take the decision. They need something that is need to be taken in a regional level or even in a global level. So only when we bring everything into one single review is when also the functions can take a look on all the different actions from their functions. A zone or for example, continent like Europe can take a look on all the different actions that are relevant only for that region. Same thing can happen also for a product division. They can check all the different complaints that are coming from the customers related to that specific product and they can take, start taking the actions there. So really about bringing the visualization and properly splitting the type of the actions that we want to take. The immediate actions, the countries can directly take action on this and they can directly start working on that. And then the more structural actions we bring together and then we work together with leadership to decide what's the best way to approach them. Wow, <laughs> I'm just always impressed when I hear somebody with such a structured closed the loop process. And I've been using the hot and cold now the last last couple of months with a lot of different customers. Okay, <laughs> it's a, but it's a great way to it's a great way to see that it's like there's an immediacy to this, and I love the way you you simplified it for me. Like if one person can handle it in that feedback, own it, put it to bed, move yeah. on. But there's these struck these these more strategic or larger decisions or things that you know maybe one person or one department might not have the power to do yeah. um, or the ability and, and, and turning that loose. The other thing too, Ian and I talk about customer journey mapping all the time and how important it is. 
And I don't think a program really takes off until that journey map is kind of married into your drivers and the mm -hmm. departments are connected. And I love the way you talk about how everyone is assigned a different level driver. For anyone who doesn't understand what we're saying here is after we ask that referral question, we have drivers connected to that after that question that says, why did you give us this score? You know, what, what can we work on to improve, grow, or why did you think we were doing a great job? And different companies have different journey or different touch points with the customer. And this is how we've kind of grouped those drivers together. And just what a neat concept to say, all right, guys, you're going to own this because this is your department or this is your area specialty. What is it that you can do to improve the feedback you're hearing? Just the visualization of that table, that chart is such yeah. a cool snapshot. Yeah. I love, I love the, uh, the piece about the three things that you can bring to the table that we should improve for this year too. I think that's a really interesting additional step on top of um, your program, which is really, I haven't heard that before, uh, which, which is a new one for me, which is really cool. So thanks for sharing that. I think that's, it's super impressive. And I, and I keep coming yeah. back to like, how, how do you get all of these countries to do all of this stuff? So like, there's one thing to standardize the survey. I completely agree. Like that's, that's hard. Yeah. But when you get into the close the loop, things get real. And I'm sure you have a ton of battle stories about this of how do you get all of these different divisions and countries to like understand how to close the loop, when to do it, how to like, did you train separately? Did you do one? Like, give me a little flavor on that, if you don't mind. Okay, the, the part of the hot, the hot loop, I'm not gonna mention yeah. because we did some specific trainings there on the people who actually do the follow-up training there for sure. the hot loops. But for the code loop, it was really like the first thing that we have done, again, pilot, collision of the wheeling, mm -hmm. taking the countries are in the, in the business units that want to participate and were already ready to participate. And they are the ones who start actually populating the uh, the code loop planner for mm. us to have the overview. And with this on the next round of the review, so basically after we did an, another year of surveys, we came back to the council and say, hey, you had that action that you mentioned last year. Can you just please just give the update here? Mm. And then as soon as we start working on this, then we start actually talking to the other countries and say, hey, do you have now an action that are, that's not there mm. or that actually something that has to be included? So we, we showing what the other countries have done or the other parts of the organization have done and then coming to them and showing what they have. And again, coming to the point of the overall visualization because this overview was also available for the leadership and countries or business units or product lines or specific parts of the organization, they don't want to be missing there. So it's, it, it's a kind of a, uh, the motivation comes directly for the fact of, okay, I, when my leadership will take a look here, if I'm not there, I need to actually at least to be able to explain why I'm not there, why I don't have any actions. So what's going on and what's going to be. And then it comes also the, the, the maturity of the country itself, because we have, for example, countries where we did not receive enough responses. So the first response of the country was like, I'm not going to make any actions because the response that I got was not enough to actually say that it's meaningful. But then I directly came back to them and say, okay, good. So your action is to get more response. That's directly already uh, the action for you to take. If you're going to tell me that uh, um, I'm not going to put uh, anything there because basically the actions are exactly the same of last year. So basically, let's just keep the card of last year open because it means that you still need to work on this one. And the third 
and most frequent uh, answer that I, I have already received was the country saying, yeah, sorry, but the problem that the, all the customers are telling, it's not our problem. It's the problem from that department, from that function. Uh, like super annoying when they say this. And then, <laughs> yes, uh, like the, the, I always uh, say that there's a kind of a ping pong uh, or like the table tennis kind of a joke because they just keep kicking the problem to the other part of the organization. So what I tell them, okay, no problem. If even if you're not the one to solve it, include on the overview that your customers are telling that this is an issue. Because as soon as they're gonna see that all the countries in a specific region are having the same type of issue, or maybe the entire region is suffering from the same problem and customers all around the organizations is having the same feedback, then we have a larger, a better case or a better business case to come, come to the leadership and say, hey, if we look to all countries and all the response that we have received, we everyone is suggesting to work on this. So it's directly start showing the most important areas for the company to work with. So it, 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 the overview is what brings a little bit the visibility of the gaps, but also where there's something happening too much. So if you see that, in, for example, we have the columns with the drivers, as I mentioned, let's say there's one column that is focused on the brand. And if all the complaints are coming on brand and everything is about the lack of visibility or because the, the, the promise of the brand is not, uh, is not what expected, if all the, compl the complaints would be there, we know who to go to and show all the different complaints that we are having. So the visualization is the most important part because it shows the gaps and also shows where, where you have the excess of issues to actually work with. So I have a follow-up on that because I'm curious. Okay. Just hearing you speak, and I think one of the challenges even our own organization has is it sounds like if you are receiving the feedback, you're in the know. If you're part of this team that's working on the solutions, you're in the know. You've got the knowledge and you know what we're doing and what we're working on anyway. But how do you then turn around and communicate to the people that are not providing the feedback or responding? How do you get this word out to everyone in Eaton that this is the feedback we received, this is what we're working on, this is, this is what we've learned? How do you do that internally? Massive communication, I would say. Massive <laughs> communication, because even for the people who are working with me already for four years or three years long, they still need refresh. So constantly having calls with them, I organize specific calls with the marketing managers, another call with the leaders and salespeople, and then another call with the digital marketing, marketing managers because the digital marketing managers are the ones who are gonna help me setting up the system and getting the right context in place. But having focused discussions with the right audience and repeat, repeat, repeat. Yeah, what I do is not to repeat the entire story because I don't want to annoy them by actually repeating the same thing that I said already last year. But I show the same slide presentation, but then in this year, for example, I was focusing more on this section of the presentation instead of the other section of the presentation. But the entire presentation is still there available for everyone. So constantly repeating this, the, the same story focusing on the story to the right part of the organization. And the constant the, uh, presentation is also needed for all the people who are joining the organization. And I cannot expect that someone who joined the organization end of last year 
will directly understand the entire complexity of the program. And they don't need to. They just need to understand what is happening at that moment and mm -hmm. what actually we need from them at that, at that moment. And in the next round or the next time there's going to be a call, they're going to grasp another part of the information. And step-by-step, step, they're digesting small bites and understanding the main part, the, the main complexity of the program. The most important is to get on the leadership level their buy-in by explaining them how does it work and how much they can count on you and they can trust you. Because the leadership also don't want to know every single detail of it, or basically they have bigger, bigger fish to, to fish. So basically they need to trust that, okay, you know what you're talking about, you know what the program that you're doing and how you're gonna develop this. Keep us updated and let us know if you have any trouble. Good, thanks. Then I go actually to, the, to another group and I explain, I teach them, I explain what the process, what it means for them and what we expect from them. And this goes in an ongoing process and constantly having also uh, releasing videos internally in the company on how to do a follow-up on customer gauge or another video about uh, how do I want you to, uh, to send me the list or in different ways, in different medias, different actual communication, but really mass communication is quite important because we need to understand that people from the other departments and from the rest of the organization, they have their other priorities to do. And this is actually the benefit, they're just using the benefit of it. They're just using the benefit of receiving the feedback. But to know what to do with the feedback and to probably digest the feedback and actually come back to the customer to tell what we are actually doing based on the feedback, they need to be involved and they need to be reminded from time to time, like, hey, that's what I need from you. That's actually what you could actually do for me. And if you need any help, you can always come back to me. I'll be glad to help and constantly communicate. Yeah, I think that's a mic drop moment if we've ever had one, honestly. I mean, that I cannot uh, understate this enough, Renan. We're all super impressed at CG. We're proud to have you as a customer. I think your program is amazing. It's a masterclass in creating an exceptional account experience for your customers. I think that's clear from our conversation. Thank you so much for joining us on the Account Experience Podcast. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much as well. Really great experience as well. And I hope that I could have shared here a little bit about the, our experience, what we have done here at Eaton. And wish a lot of luck for everyone who is uh, starting on the journey or for people who are still working there. Believe me, there is, there is a way. Just keep working, communicate, and just make sure that you have the right buying in the organization. You're going to be able to achieve that. It's all about putting the right effort there and actually working together with the entire organization on this program. Yeah, thank you again, Renan, for meeting, for joining us. And guys, thank you for listening. And remember, make sure every B2B experience is an account experience. Thanks for listening.